Welcome to Start to Finish, the XRTZO podcast, where we explore the scriptures to prepare and equip real people for real purpose. Here's your host, Dr. Christopher Romano. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chris, your host, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in to today's episode. Now, if you're doing so in real time, then you know that we are a few days removed from the Christmas holiday. So I wanted to take this opportunity to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. I hope you were able to enjoy the holiday with your family and, you know, just those traditions that you've established with your loved ones. Also hope you were able to get some really good things uh, underneath the tree this year. And so with Christmas in the rear view mirror, we all look ahead to the coming of a new year where we will say goodbye to 2021 and and say hello to 2022. And I hope you're saying hello with excitement, with expectation, uh, with hope, with anticipation for the great things that God is going to do as he pours out his blessings upon us uh, in in the new year. And so with the coming of a new year, this is going to be our first full year of you know producing episodes on the Start to Finish podcast. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing that. So there's going to be more of the same as we put out series with important subjects and themes, uh, walking through the biblical narrative, helping you understand the scriptures. So obviously that you can be a doer of the word, apply the word uh, to your life in a greater way. So as always, I'm humbled to be able to bring those episodes to you. And we'll be doing that as we move forward in 2022. Now, one thing that we're going to be adding a little bit more of uh, in, in, in this next year is some more conversations. I'm going to be bringing on some more guests, some people that I've known from the past, done ministry with, uh, also those uh, who I'm beginning to meet now, I've been introduced to, uh, some uh, leaders, uh, particularly with uh, an expertise in the subject matter that we will be tackling at that time. So um, I say that not only to give you sort of a preview of what you're going to be expecting in 2022, but also because it's a great segue for today's episode. Now, today's episode is going to be a conversation that I had uh, with a great friend of mine, also a former ministry partner. I did a lot of ministry uh, with this individual over the past 15 years. I've done youth ministry with him. I've I've done music ministry with him. Uh, I've I've been in teaching settings with him. Uh, He actually has attended uh, my Bible school and, and earned a bachelor's degree uh, through, through our school. So we have a lot of history beyond that. We're just, we're good friends and our, our families are, 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 good friends as well. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to you, uh, being introduced to, uh, this particular individual's name is Justin Jolly. Justin is a worship leader at Lighthouse Church in Athens, New York. And, uh, he was actually part of our church at Rock Solid Church in Hudson, New York. Uh, for about 15 years. And then in 2014, we released him uh, as part of a church plant to go and to lead worship uh, at this new church plant. And so he's been doing so uh, for what is now almost uh, eight years, which is incredible to think about. But he is a a fantastic man of God. Uh, He has a a rich understanding of the gospel and, uh, and he loves the word. He loves the truth. And so I'm really excited for you to, to, to join into this conversation as we are talking about the presence of God, which of course is the current series that we are in. Uh, Justin and I will spend some time talking about the presence of God and, and uh, we'll hit a lot of different areas as you're, as you're about to hear. So uh, sit back, uh, relax, tune in and enjoy uh, this conversation that I'm having with Justin Jolly. Well, it is my great pleasure now to welcome onto the Start to Finish podcast my good friend. I don't even know if I can call you my friend because you're my friend and <laughs> you're also family. Uh, yes. As, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. But welcome to the podcast, Justin Jolly. Hi. J- Justin, How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Yo, you made me nervous. You said, uh, you said, I don't know if I could consider you my friend. And you should have just ended it right there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, for those who don't know, Justin, Justin is, uh, I mean, he's a dear friend of mine for sure. But we go well beyond uh, that, that in terms of our relationship. So uh, I met Justin. Justin, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe I met you when you were 18 years old. I was, I was 19. Yes. Close you, enough. You were 19. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, just about that time of life when you begin to know everything. Is that correct? Oh, no, I knew it for a few years. Oh, did you? you know, okay. Yeah, I knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I met Justin. He came to the youth ministry I was, I was leading. And uh, as I like to say, he really never went away. Um, you know, the relationship really morphed into a lot of different facets. But the main part of it was we began to do ministry together. And um, so I don't even know the timeline of that, but I know it was well over, uh, you know, a decade into the, you know, when you actually were part of the, the church plant that was released from Rock Solid in Hudson, um, that was 2014. Yeah, we so yeah, so 2001, I started hanging around. And I think uh, and it's crazy to think you were so young, too. Yeah. Like when I think about it, like I looked up to you really quickly, but you were 24 years old. You were uh, you were a young man. I don't even think you were a pastor yet. So um, I think I just like I just liked you and for yeah. whatever reason. I think you liked me, too. But, uh, but absolutely, uh, I, I think that's really just how it started. And uh, and then you had a great ministry and I was able to be a part of that uh, youth ministry and, you know, was able to serve alongside with my wife in that ministry until uh, the Lord kind of uh <clears throat> led me away from the youth ministry into uh the music ministry worship ministry and yeah and then 2014 uh we were we were sent out to to lighthouse church yeah the bittersweet moment when uh because we did we did we did music ministry for a long time together as well yeah. we actually were even in a band together yeah dimension seven baby dimension seven <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those were the days. <laughs> Dude, we were, it was all right. We did okay. It was all right. We did. We did. Yeah. And, uh, but we have a lot it's in terms of the Lord. We have a lot in common. Uh, we have a lot of mutual loves. Um, Justin is, you know, like Hunter, who was on the last series, J Justin is a lover of the word of God. Um, he, he's a student of the word of God. And um, so that certainly brought our hearts together. And, um, and we both love the presence of God. And that's actually w the reason why I brought Justin on this, uh, uh, this podcast for this particular series, because Justin has a, um, has a real desire to see the presence of God be experienced, uh, not only personally, but also the people that are, you know, what say, you know, in the church, uh, in the audience, so to speak. And so, um, so we, there's a lot we got to get into, Justin, and we only have... Mm a little bit of time to do it. Time's going to fly by fast. So why don't yeah. I, why don't you just start by just telling us a little bit about you personally and then what the Lord's up to in, uh, in your life? Well, uh, yeah. So I was, uh, raised, I'm, I'm kind of an anomaly. I was raised in the church and I stayed in the church. Um, although I ended up leaving my parents' church around 19, uh, um, nothing ugly or bad. It was just, um, just where God was, was leading me, but I was uh, six, six years old when I was baptized. I always consider it a sincere conversion, obviously naive to, uh, to a lot of things in life. Sure. So, um, you know, the ups and downs and then, uh, oh, man, when I was about 16 or 17, I really got serious about the Lord. I, uh, I was involved in a, in a wonderful, uh, church Baptist church. Um, no shout out pastor Dale quick. He, uh, he was really important to me. Um, really fed me doctrine and theology. And I, I really believe that's why I ended up staying is because uh, uh, the word of God became life to me, um, even as a teenager. Um, <clears throat> when I was 18 years old, I ended up uh, feeling called to ministry. So I left uh, New York um, and I uh, went down to Memphis, Tennessee. I served in a children's ministry there, started to get involved in music ministry, youth ministry, uh, really felt a call. I think I was just more the excitement of youth ministry than anything else. We really felt a call to youth ministry, um, came back up to New York, bounced around a couple of churches. And then I, um, and really rock, rock solid the church that we're from in upstate New York was not even a church I really wanted to go to. I just fell in love with you and, uh, and your, and your family and just wanted to be around you. And then obviously that turned into a, a, a genuine love for, for that church and for the uh, senior pastor there. And that's never gone away. Um, and then obviously, uh, we discussed before, you know, uh, getting involved in your youth ministry. Then, yeah. um, you know, at one point I think we were, I was leading three worship teams at rock solid. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> that's that was a lot. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and then that's where you guys set me down off of youth ministry and had me really focus in on worship ministry, uh, which was something I never really thought I would be 
interested in doing within ministry um, for a variety of reasons. I think we'll get into a little bit. Um, but like you said, what it really boils down to me is uh, I'm like Peter, you know, in that I just, I see crazy things um, and the Lord does things that I don't fully understand. And then I feel like there's times the Lord looks at me and goes, what are you still doing here? And I go, <laughs> I, I got, I got nowhere else to go. You have the words of life and that's where I end up. And that's, and that's, and that's where I, I, I continue to wind up where God desires me or, and, and, and my family as well. And, um, you know, in spite of, uh, my ADHD and my, you know, lack of focus, sometimes God just continues to guide and direct. And I think it's just a love affair with the shepherd that, that, that brings me to that place. So Amen. we've been at uh, lighthouse church sent out in 2014 for, uh, for going on you know, seven, well, seven and a half years. Now it's um, the most rewarding experience of my life uh, within ministry. Um, it, it's a ground up ministry. There was nothing there and now there's something there and just watching God do just crazy, amazing things yeah. in our church plant. And that's why I just, I encourage anybody, man, get, get out, do something, build something. Um, because it's, uh, it's vital. It's vital. So yeah. yeah. Get your hands messy, get your hands dirty. Yeah. Grace is messy. Uh, it uh, is. uh, Chris. And, and, and I always say that grace is messy. If you don't believe me, just look at the cross. Um, but grace is messy and life and life can be messy too. And, uh, um, but throughout it, we watch God just, um, just work wonders. And I, and I wrote in my Bible, I think, man, I must've, uh, while ago in one of my old Bibles, I wrote, I want to live a life that would be impossible if it wasn't for the Lord. And I think I'm there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Again, we have a lot in common <laughs> because I totally agree <laughs> with that last yeah. statement. Uh, you didn't mention her name, but I, I, you know, for a long time, I didn't know whether I liked you or Brandy more. Oh, Brandy's uh, better. Yeah, she's better. Yeah. <laughs> Justin's wife, Brandy, is again, you know, uh, a longstanding friend, um, and in many cases, uh, a daughter uh, in the faith to us. But we uh, we love her and and all of your children. Tell us the, your your whole tribe and their oh, names. Yeah, yeah. The, my my family's the best thing about me, man. Yeah, I, man. Uh, my uh, Brandy and I are, are going to be married 17 years in just a, a few months. Wow. And, uh, I don't know why 17 years is such a big deal to me, but it is. And then we have, uh, four amazing, intelligent, hardworking, just beautiful, beautiful children. Beautiful. Uh, my, my, I have three girls and a boy, my daughter's, uh, 13 and she might be the most well-balanced 13 year old I've ever met. She's kind of amazing. And, um, and, uh, and then I have a, a 10 year old, a nine year old, and then uh, Justin Christopher. Yeah. So you get a little namesake there. Uh, <laughs> if people are questioning how close we are uh, now, Justin, uh, Justin Christopher is uh, five. He'll be six in a, in a, in a couple of months as well. And uh, he's autistic and I wouldn't change anything for the world. He's uh, um, beautiful, intelligent, um, uh, everything you would possibly want. So I'm a blessed yeah. man. Yeah, you are blessed. I was just about to say that you're very, very blessed and I'm blessed to be a part of your family as well. So well, let's, uh, let's transition just a little bit. Um, and let's talk the presence of God. Um, we have again, had a lot of experience together in corporate settings. And also I, I would say in small, smaller settings, small group settings, intimate settings, which would even extend to obviously personal settings. Um, together, uh, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of um, conversations, a lot of talks, a lot of teaching when it comes to this subject. But if I were to ask you, why is the presence of God so important to Justin Jolly? How would you respond to that? Uh, that's funny because I think you answered it like a couple podcasts ago. Um, we don't know him until he reveals himself to us, and so without the presence of God, we don't even know him. Um, we talk about these, these terms like total depravity and, uh, um, and we, and we just fly over it quickly. But I, I feel like so much of our, uh, the doctrines of grace that we, that we walk in, um, really start with this place of, we are face down in a pit and I, and I, and I'll, and I'll speak for myself so weak, so anemic, so spiritually dead that I couldn't even lift my head out of the mud 
to cry out to him. Uh, and yet he reaches down his hand and he pulls us out and he gives us a name and he gives us new clothes and he gives us an inheritance. Um, and we come face to face with him and our lives are changed uh, forever. And I think that that's, that's the, you know, that initial working of the presence of God. I mean, how do we even, how do we even know him yeah. without his presence uh, being revealed? Um, even, even the earth wasn't created without his presence. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it comes down. And when I'm listening to you, I'm thinking it comes down to, again, the personal nature of, of, of God, because right. when you think about the fact that revelation is only because he initiated the process. So like, there, people can say, I found, I found God or I'm, I'm going to go find religion or or whatever. But the reality is it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible to know anything about God. Um, unless he has chosen to personally reveal himself. And so right. fr from our standpoint, um, you know, that's where, again, the, the value of, of his grace stands out, like you said. Um, so crossover, though, then to make it even more, even more personal to you, uh, you were saved, you were saved, introduced to the Lord at a young age. I loved how you said you weren't only raised in church, but then you stayed in church. Uh, I'm assuming the presence of God had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit, uh, too, is is um, there's um, trying to th I'm trying to find the words of how to say say this. Um, yeah, Ram, ask the question again so, so I can get my train of thought again. So when I'm, when I'm thinking about someone, you know, like you mentioned the word of God and that was imparted in you through a pastor. Uh, at, least, at least initially, Why, what, what, what role did the presence of God, do you see looking back now, what role did the presence of God have in having in that, in that persevering, staying, remaining uh, reality for you? Right. I mean, what's, I, that's, that's really what I'm trying to say is, is, yeah. is, you know, we, it starts with uh, an encounter with an encounter with the Lord, right. And then your response to the encounter of the Lord. And I think about doctrine, the word doctrine. Mm -hmm. And I think about um, what's doctrine without a response to it. Um, you know, I, I, I would argue it, it leads to dead works. Um, and yeah. I think what ends up, I think what ends up happening with me is, and it's still the same way, uh, uh, Chris, is that isn't like, oh, I met, I, I experienced the presence of God. And then I responded, I I experienced the presence of God today and I responded. Yeah, um, right. And so I think that's, I, that's how it's always been is, is I was face to face with doctrine, face to face with the word of God, face to face with the truth of the word of God. And, um, and it, it, and it elicited a response within me. Um, uh, I believe that a real experience with God, a, re a real personal uh, experience with God will inevitably and unavoidably lead to a reaction. Um yeah. And I think, I think it's a natural response too. And we'll, when we talk about the presence of God and then our response to the presence of God, it's like, I was thinking about this is like, uh, you, you're, you're an Eagles fan. And when Nick Foles caught that pass in the Super Bowl, you probably most likely stood up and threw your hands up. I think, I, ran, I, think I ran around the room actually. <laughs> now, did you plan on that? Did you plan on lifting up your hands and running around? And, 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 and no, it was a reaction. And I think that that's exactly what happens with us, with the presence of God. Um, and, and now, I, now the, my brain's going and I think about the term Advent, uh, especially in this Christmas season is, yeah. and, and we don't really truly understand what that means. It's a, it's a Christmas term, but it's really when someone of notoriety shows up. Mm -hmm. and, and so when the Advent happens to us, I think it elicits it's a, a response and those, especially those that were are hungry for the Messiah yeah. are going to naturally rise up, throw their hands up. I don't need anybody to tell me to do this because this is a, this is an instinctual response of people who are celebrating. And, and I think that's exactly what it is. And it's not just in a, in a praise and worship services with our lives is when the yeah. word of God comes alive, you want to talk about it. Yes. And so evangelism comes instinctively, uh, 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 teaching comes instinctively. Um, you just talk about it because it's a part of who you are now because the advent came and it absolutely revolutionized your perspective of the world. I love it. I love, especially how relevant that is. The idea of a right when he arrives, when he shows up. So that's a, that's a, that's a great 
kind of moving into the next question I had for you is you're a worship leader um, and, and beyond a worship leader who is in, you know, responsible for, or being in charge of, you know, the, the musical aspects of a, of a, of a church service. Um, you're a teacher of the word of God. You're a preacher of the word of God. Um, you know, again, I already mentioned how, you know, you're a lover of the word of God. So you're, 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 you're immersed in the word constantly, but, but specifically when we talk about worship experiences in church, corporate worship experiences in church, um, whether it's in a prayer meeting or whether it's in actually the actual service where the worship leader is speaking or when the pastor is speaking or whoever, the, 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 the idea of the presence of God or the phrase, the presence of God is used a lot. Um, and, you know, depending on who you are, it, it evokes different, you know, ideas, concepts, or even like you said, re reactions or responses. But when we say the presence of God is here mm -hmm. in a church service, what do we mean? What do we mean by that? Or when, like, as you said, the advent, the arrival, when, what do we mean by the presence of God is here or among us? I don't know, man. What do we mean by that? I know. <laughs> uh, to me, um, we say these, these things sometimes in church. Um, I don't know if it's to elicit a response uh, or, or what. Um, my, my, my mindset towards it, uh, uh, Chris, has always been um, we are the temple of God, right? So where we are, the presence of God is. And so I think when we say to a congregation, the presence of God is here, um, I think what we mean is not always what we should mean. I think what we mean is, is okay, we're here. It's corporate praise. The presence of God is here. Now you can respond. And I just, I, I, I'm always a little uncomfortable with that. Um, yeah. But I would say that what we should mean is when we say, okay, the presence of God is here. It means this, uh, uh, the temple, the, you being the temple of, of God, we are here and we're about to partake in our, in our, in our, the holy calling of eternity, right? Which is to worship the lamb and, and honor the lamb. And so uh, the presence of God is here corporately because you're here. And I think that sometimes, and there's a lot of pressure on worship leaders to, to kind of like, you know, kick up an emotional response from a congregation, um, mostly because we're insecure, um, but there is that pressure to do that um, instead of instead of trusting God is doing a work in people's lives and there will be response uh, from that. Um, uh, so if I I probably would never say <laughs> to a congregation like the presence of God is here uh, unless I was giving a teaching moment to say the presence of God is here because you're here and you're participating in your holy calling. So I think that's that's really uh, you know, I'm not, I, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think we mean when we say something like that in a corporate setting? Well, I think it, I think there's a lot of, it, it, there's a lot of layers to it because the reality is, I think when we, when we say it often, especially in classical, like charismatic Pentecostal settings, um, it's more based upon this emotion or this feeling that we get. Uh, I think a lot of us, when we feel something and I, and I, I'm not against this. And I think most people who know me, you know, understand this. I'm not against the feeling aspect. I think, you know, God, sure. God Absolutely. wants to be felt. Um, and I think right. you, you can feel God. I felt God. I felt him today, but the reality is a lot of times people, especially who are, who are immature or who are naive. Um, there's a real disconnect between what I'm feeling and what actually is the presence of God. So right. I, I think as leaders, it's really imperative that we that we that we navigate that very, very, very delicately uh, without just flippantly saying things just because there's there's an, like in a particular song, there's a moment we feel it. Right. And, and right. To, to just ascribe to that moment that God's presence is here rather than, again, where two or more gathered where the, where the collective right. body of Christ has just gathered together. I think we're doing a disservice to people. There, well, I know this, you know this, because uh, when you preach, um, there are very few things as soul crushing as preaching your guts out after spending hours and hours and hours and hours of time and study to look out at a congregation and they're like drooling on themselves. 
that there's no response to what you're saying. And, yeah. and it's, um, it's, you know, you end up, I don't know if you're, you're like, you end up knowing there's key people that are going to be, that oh, yeah. are going to be responding to you. Right. So you're like, I'm looking for those folks, you know, and um, even drop, something... even dropping their name during the sermon. <laughs> yeah. You're like, can I get a, can I get an amen, John? Thanks, yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I, I think, and there is, and, 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 and again, you know, we talk about worship music and, um, all the time in our church uh, and we write, we write a lot of our own songs there. Yes. Um, and we talk about the responsibility that we have to portray the word with dignity and integrity because we're conveying, um, the word of God in extremely emotional ways and, unintentionally you can become very manipulative. Um, and then when you add the, you know, put the added, and, and then you put the added pressure of um, we are, we, we have an expectation as musicians within the church to elicit an emotional response. And, and you talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, which, and I had written some notes is, is the spirit of God came upon Christ. And what did he do? He went in the wilderness for 40 days yeah. And, uh, and so, and so there's times that the response from the presence of God, as it's, as it's sung and as it's, it's proclaimed, uh, uh, um, it leads people to be silent. And if you continue to look at people's exuberance as a litmus test of how well you're doing, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to fail. And it may, may take a couple of years. It may take a couple of months, but you will fail because you're going to constantly be seeking a valid uh, out validation that that is not real. And, uh, and then what you'll end up doing and, and you, you, you've seen this even with me as a young worship leader, I could whip a crowd into a frenzy mm-hmm. and then just hit a point where I went, I'm not your holy cheerleader. If you're not excited about the Lord, well, that's on you. Um, if this stuff is not, is not, you know, causing something within you that, well, that, that's between you and the Lord. I can't take personal responsibility for your, for your praise but now what I can do is I can present the word of God and I can sing the word of God and I can be sincere and genuine in my relationship with the Lord and, and, and even guide and teach and prophesy and do all those things um, uh, to minister to a congregation, to, to, to hopefully guide and counsel them to a place of understanding. Um, but at the end of the day, it's between them and the Lord and they have to, and they have to deal with, um, how they're going to respond to the presence of God, because and, and stop me if I'm going off on a tangent here, but one of the, you're okay. one of the, yeah. So, so one of the things that, I, um, I was speaking to somebody the other day and they said, I said, um, I said, D are you, I was looking around and I was like, are you a praying man? Cause I need prayer. And he goes, uh, he goes, I said, do you believe that God hears and answers your prayers? He goes, I don't know. So we just started talking and I said, and I, and he's questioning his salvation. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you feel conviction of sin? And he goes, yes. I said, now, how do you respond to that conviction? He goes, you know, I try, you know, I'm repenting and all that. So I said, okay, great. I said, because the word of God will teach you that the primary function of the Holy spirit is conviction of sin the help will come and he's going to convict the world of sin. Um, we, we wrote a song a couple months ago um, and we said, we want your presence. So let repentance flow. And, and that is always, that's always my, my hope in my heart is that um, those who previously did not know him now know him and are responding in kind that those who aren't living for it, maybe they know him, but they're not, they're not, they're not living it. Yes. Um, experience the presence of God and respond in kind. And, um, we, you know, we, I've seen it over 20 years of leading, of leading worship where we've had, we've had seasons where the worship services are off the hook. Like you, you start a song and the, the teenagers are like getting into it and the, the adults front to back, um, uh, I don't know if you remember when I wrote the song, I got it. It's always like one of those crazy experiences to me. I think you were playing drums for that song. I did. And I was, and I was told that it was too fast and, but give it a, give it a, you know, try it. And I remember that um, I started the song and it's straight out of first Peter. It's your love and grace. It's given us life. And then, uh, but then when I said what the prophets and the angels always wanted, what the world can never give me, I got it. I felt this surge from the congregation from the front, where Pastor Jerome was sitting all the way to the back and it surged throughout the entire congregation. Yeah. And it was insane. And I went, wow, that, and that's what we want. Right. 
But at yeah. that time, but at that time, people's lives weren't matching up how they were responding on a on a on a uh, on a Sunday morning service. Yeah. And it was so hard for me to to deal with that, to say, like, you know, to have somebody come in and go, oh, you're doing a great job. Am I? Because people are still. Yeah you know, sinning and people are still unable to let go of worldly and fleshly mentalities. And people are yeah. still not seeking God on their own personal time. Yeah. They're excited in the Sunday morning service, but who cares? There's no repentance. Yeah. 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 And, and they're both, you know, man, you said a lot there. Um, and I appreciate what you said. It reminded me of acts three where Peter's, you know, talking and, He's actually preaching and he talks about the connection between repentance, your sins being blotted out and the presence of God, you mm. know, coming among, coming among them in a refreshing way. And so you mm. can, you can see the connection between repentance and the presence of God. Uh, but it's not just a one-time deal. I mean, that is an ongoing progressive reality where the more repentance, the more we're going to experience the refreshing of the presence of God. Because God is a magnet for those who are humble, those who are lowly. That's what Isaiah talks about. I dwell uh, with the contrite, with the with the humble, and um, and so, you know, when it comes to the the results of worship, which is you know essentially what we just landed on, a lot of times we we don't as leaders, whether it's preachers or worship leaders, get the results that we're, we're hoping for. However, that's where our trust is, Lord. I'm being obedient. I'm, I'm stewarding my own heart to the best of my ability. And I'm going to trust you that at whether it's in this particular service or not, the seeds that were sown will pay dividends and there will be a harvest from these people's right. lives at some point. Yeah. Um, so on that, on that note, I mean, again, we've had so much experience uh, in ministry, both, as you mentioned in youth ministry, where, to me, I mean, I've never had a more rewarding, you talked about a rewarding experience uh, than being in youth ministry, working with young people, working alongside of, 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 of a team of, of uh, older, younger people uh, that you were a part of. Uh, it really was the joy of my life. Um, but we did youth ministry together. We did, we've, done, we've done worship ministry together, um, and we've run Bible studies together. We, we've really run the gamut of it all. Um, one of my fears, not fears, my concerns is probably a better word for it, is that the notion of the presence of God has become kind of uh, kind of vague. Um, people don't know how to articulate it, um, almost to the point where we use this word abstract a lot, you and I, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. to describe you know certain concepts, certain ideas the presence of God, I think falls in that category that it's too abstract for some people. But, but my mm. point is this, it's become this thing that has resulted in people not encountering God for themselves, not experiencing God for themselves. So as great as the, as great as the corporate worship experience can be, what about somebody's private personal life and experiencing the presence of God? I mean, why aren't we putting an emphasis on that? And what can we do about it? Really? I guess, I guess that's the, the question is what can we do about it as, as leaders uh, to help people along that path? Sure. Um, oh man. Well, I, you know, when you're talking, I kept thinking about um, Paul in second Timothy he says um, you followed my, he's talking to Timothy. He says, you followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. Um, and, and, and he says, you follow my doctrine yep. and then my manner of life. I think yep. that's how the new King James says it. Yep. You follow my doctrine and manner of life. And I think what, and so when you were talking, I went, well, cause there's just, there's a distinction there, right? So you have certain people and, um, and a lot of this has to do with the culture that we live in. We have some people that say, um, you know, a manner of life or the way that we are conducting our lives, but there's no doctrine. And I think those are the people, cause you were talking about, I, I and I, I don't, it, maybe it was just the way I heard it, but sure. people who where the presence quote unquote presence of God within a worship service is so ethereal and abstract right. that there's just nothing, nothing appealing about it. Well, I think that, that there's a flip side of that where there's people that, that are in love with the ethereal in love with the abstract, but there's no doctrine. Yeah. And, and, and that's 
da- very dangerous. Yes. And at the same time, then there's there's people who have doctrine, but no manner of life, no right. uh, no no real conduct uh, out of that doctrine. And so I don't. I, I just think there's a distinction there that there's a doctrine, and then there's a response to the doctrine. There's a doctrine, and then there's a conduct. There's um, there's got revealing himself and then your response to that that revealing so i think you know first i want i wanted to say that because it leads to this idea of you've got to leave the you've got to leave the mountaintop and you've got you've got to leave that sanctuary and 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 in the four walls of the sanctuary and when you do you'll realize that the sanctuary is not a place that the sanctuary is your own heart. Amen. Your sanctuary is, is David said, uh, uh, God said to David, I don't dwell in, in houses made with human hands. Well, we are not made with human hands. We're made by the fingertips of God. He chose us to vessel his Holy spirit, his Holy presence. And I think that when you get away from kind of the noise of the church culture, you'll realize, wow, I'm, I'm this, I, I'm, I'm that sanctuary. God is dwelling and revealing himself, uh, uh, in me and through me. Um, and I, and I think that that for me has been a, a powerful thing. We always call them, you know, quiet times or devos or whatever, but I think the secret you know, place. that, yeah, the secret place or however you want to say that. Yeah. I just, I, I think that's a, that's an instinct to hungry for hungry people, you know, to get away and get food. And, uh, and, and, and go away and get rest. And, um, you know, you, you see the emphasis on the Sabbath, um, throughout the old uh, Testament. Um, and, and that Sabbath was, was for our benefit to, to, to get away and to find rest in him, um, not to get away and watch football or chill watching, you know, Instagram or TikTok videos, but to actually get away and rest within his presence. And I think that understanding that you are the sanctuary, you are the church, you are the temple, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll grow even, uh, you'll grow in your personal, uh, walk and your personal praise and worship with him, which I think is, man, it's where it's at. And then, and then when, and then when the body, is all doing that and they come together corporately, I would argue that there's nothing on the planet more powerful than hungry men and women coming together and being hungry together. Let me just mention yeah. it because you, talk, you talked about a couple different things there and we have to start to begin to transition towards the end, which oh. I know is going to be hard, hard for us. Um, <laughs> but you talked about instincts and then you talked about the importance of doctrine. And I would... I would wholeheartedly agree with the fact that both of them are vital. In fact, in the order you talked about them, um, which could, I guess sometimes could be, you know, debated on, on what comes first, the experience and then, you know, the doctrine. But the reality is you need both. And doctrine should, like you said, produce a response from people. Um, it, should, it should evoke when you meet with God, whether it's, you know, in nature, when you meet with God in, the, in, a, in a church service where you meet with God, in you know, in the middle of the night, he wakes you up. Um, whatever, whether you meet with God when you're listening to this podcast, the, the fact of the matter is, is it 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 will it should it should naturally produce something inside of you that says, "I want more of that. I want to experience more of that." Well, how do I do that? Well, that's where teaching comes in. That's where the importance of doctrine comes in. That's the importance of this discipleship, you know, comes in, which I know you're a product of. I'm a product of. Um, you know, it beats within us. Uh, so. My, I guess, I guess what, what, I, what I want to go with that is when you talk about modern worship, the contemporary church, um, I, I, what, what do you think the state of worship in the church is? And, and I'm going to ask you to be somewhat brief, as brief as you can on this. Sure. I, I yeah. But yeah. Where, where are we as a worship leader? Where are we? Let me let me make sure I'm understanding you. Are you speaking specifically about our praise and worship services, the music that's within our praise and worship services? Yes. Okay. Um, I I'm going to be completely honest, and and I'm going to shock a lot of people. Not you, because you know this. I don't listen to worship music. Mm -hmm. I don't. I I am a. I love music. Um, uh, with a passion. I come from a musical family. I enjoy music thoroughly. I do not enjoy worship music and I'm not knocking people who do. I think it's beautiful and wonderful. And I think there's a lot of wonderful music, uh, coming out of, of that. But for me personally, 
I want to create something unique and special for myself. And I find a lot of times that we get so wrapped up in, in the culture of church um, that we want to do what worked for somebody else. And then what ends up happening is you have a, just a bunch of music that sounds the same. So, so, um, so do you feel like that's where we're at? I mean, again, you, regardless of whether you listen to it, obviously you're, you're, you're aware to some degree right. of what's, of what's going on. Um, so go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to say, I'm, as it turns out, not the only one that feels that way. And so what I think a lot of times what ends up happening is somebody just needs to tell you that you don't have to be afraid anymore, that you can step out and do something, something special and different. And one of the great lies that I see a lot of worship leaders, creative worship leaders um, uh, doing is believing that the leadership is going to hold them back some way. And I'm telling you, they're not. Yeah, you have you have to trust it. Um, What I'm seeing happening a lot now in the new in the generation kind of coming up. And so we were always trained when I was a young worship leader to sound like Killsong United, right? That's what we needed to sound like. That was the, the precipice. Yeah. But what I'm seeing now out of a lot of young worship leaders is getting away from the stage, getting away from the lights, getting away from the cameras, getting away from everybody, writing your own songs, and then getting together with 15 people and just adoring God together. Yeah, I believe that if we can get away from the fame culture that's, that's you inundated our Western church. There you go. Um, it, it will revolutionize the state of the church when people just worship because they love Jesus. They don't worship because they're trying to be something or they're trying to uh, release an album or maybe get signed to a record contract or whatever. Forget all that. Run away from the fame like Christ did. And you'll see uh, you'll see this. I, I think you'll see this amazing revival spread through. Um, and the other thing I, and I know you said, keep it brief, but the one thing I want to, I would want to encourage every, every worship leader, young or old, is that there's a language within your individual church that, um, that uh, church in Sydney, Australia, or church in Portland, Oregon, or, or Las Vegas or whatever is not going to understand. You know, the language of your church, you know, the philosophy of your culture. When you present the word of God, through your songwriting and through your, your ability, creative abilities, you will speak to your local church in a way that no one else, not me, not you, not anybody else will be able to speak to. Because if you're in Colorado Springs, Colorado, you're going to be able to communicate to that community um, the word of God in emotional ways for your songs in a way that a dude from Catskill, New York is just not going to be able to do. I have a different language. I have a different presentation. That's right. The, the issue is the pressure for fame, the pressure for celebrity. And if we can just break that and get away from that, I think you'll see a lot of amazing things. I tend to be very optimistic, uh, uh, Ram, in, that, in saying this. God never changes, right? But the church does. And the church is progressing to perfection. This is what the word of God says. It is absolutely inevitable for the bride to be made perfect and ready for the second coming. Um, I always believe that the church is progressing towards that. It may be a little ugly, it may be a little messy, but those, <laughs> but those who heart, whose hearts are opened for that type of, of um, Bible-based progressiveness, I think will be a part of something really, really amazing. And people who aren't in tune with that Bible-based progressiveness are going to struggle a lot. Yeah. with the next 10 to 20 years, because there's going to be something that really changes. I, and, and I really believe it. It, it already has started. I do too. I, I believe it too. And I'm glad that you said that what you said and the way you said it was really, was really good. Um, I would just add to that, you know, in terms of uh, those who are listening, who are worship leaders or who are part of music ministries that, um, you know, what Justin just said about the importance of writing your own songs and, and really, instead of looking horizontally, looking up and looking in um, is, is, is probably, it's the most crucial part of what I would consider what God is doing in worship. Um, and again, I, I know a lot of people who would disagree with that uh, because they're watching YouTube and, and, and they're looking at the uh, big church movement. Uh, the mega church movement, but the reality is what God is doing is doing through people who are willing to, uh, you know, cl- climb into their, you know, their, their little secret place, or I like to, I always like to refer to it as a secret place, 
uh, get the word of God open and, and, and really find what God is saying through his word. Because one of the things that Justin does so well when he writes songs is it's always based upon the truth. It's always based upon the word. So any song you listen to Justin, uh, that he has written and that he has, uh, uh, he has created it. It's always from the fountainhead of what God is saying in his word, particularly the cross, the gospel and the kingdom. And, uh, and again, um, you know, I, I would really encourage you to, uh, to make that your desire, your goal and your aim. So last thing, Justin, I hate that it's the last thing, but yeah, uh, crazy. trust me, you've given a, a people a lot to think about and consider. So <laughs> okay, uh, good. what's one thing we'll make this personal. Uh, what's one thing you would say that God is challenging you personally uh, with at this time in your life? Ooh. Um, I would say, I would say uh, f- finding joy in the fire. Um, okay. And I, and I think that um, the fire, I just read this. I think it was in Psalm 12 where he says the word of God is uh the word of God is pure as, as if purified in a furnace seven times, I think it says. And I, and, and, and just what kind of provoked in my heart is that to the impure, the fire will completely consume you, yeah. but for the pure, it will refine you. Amen. And, and so I think that I've always had a tendency of, tr- you know, once the, once I'm in the fire that, you know, the pressures and the trials of life and um, some great, and some small, but they all, they all feel the same. You feel that burn of the fire. And I think that I've always had the tendency to get out of the fire instead of getting through the fire. Mm. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I do. Because I, and, 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 you know, coming out of the coming, coming out of what we just came out of um, with the build of our house and, and the pressures and, and, and stuff like that. You just, you, and all the, and all the things that went wrong and, and you're sitting there and you're questioning, but I just, at the end of it, I just see God's perfect will being made manifest in my life. And, uh, and the, and the revelation too, is when the impurities are getting burned up, it does smell. It is messy. Mm. They, it's not, it's not pretty, but once they're out, what comes out of it is, something um so glorious and so amazing because it's something that looks like christ yeah and uh and i think that that's really and still a challenge within me because um you know the the try you know the world is filled with trials right and uh um but but if you trusting god through those through those things trusting the process um find and then and again finding joy in the process i think that's really the thing that god's uh, really really putting on my heart right now so didn't we talk about, and I, I think it was one of the songs you wrote, um, wasn't it Isaiah nine? It talked about joy in the harvest. Wasn't it, wasn't it Isaiah nine? Oh, I wish I wrote that song. That's, uh, that's, uh, Jonathan Stocks. Is it really? Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, he says, yeah. 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 Just joy in the harvest. Maybe I wrote, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I did write one. I thought I you wrote remember. a song based upon it, but like, you know, as much as, as much as, uh, you know, harvesting is, is looks real, uh, uh, you know, sexy on the outside. You know, sure. but the reality is harvesting uh, takes a lot of work and it's the, it's the byproduct of a lot of work, of a lot of laboring, yeah. you know, sowing a lot of yeah. laboring. And so, but to find joy uh, is, is really, I think that that's uh, the objective in everything that we do. And uh, it's certainly not easy, particularly in the fire, uh, but you're a testimony of that one who just continues to move forward. And that's what I love about you uh, is that you don't quit. You know, there's not a, there's not a, there's not a, um, you know, a, a, a quitting aspect, uh, in your body. Uh, you don't know how to quit. Maybe you felt like you wanted to quit before, but you no, know, I'll, I'll cry and ball. I'll cry and ball like a baby, but I yeah. Quit. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the spirit of Christ inside of us, you know, who compels us, compels Amen. us. Um, so listen, I had such a blast, uh, oh. talking to you. I, I admire you so much. I, I appreciate you Same. so much. And, uh, I have a feeling this isn't going to be the last time we talk on this podcast. So hopefully, dude, I was so, I was so nervous. I said, oh boy, his <laughs> are going to be like, who is this crazy person? He just brought on this thing. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love you. I love you very much. Thanks for taking the time and uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, sir. All right. Thank you. Well, I enjoyed my conversation with Justin so, so much uh, beyond being a great friend of mine. I really re- have a great deal of respect for him as a man of God, as a worship leader, as a follower of Jesus, someone who's really just given his life to building the local church there in upstate 
New York. And so I'm thankful for Justin uh, spending time with us on this episode. He gave us a lot to think about, a lot of good things to reflect upon as it pertains to the presence of God, uh, you know, both in our individual lives as well as in the life of the local church. And, you know, some of the things that he said, or maybe I said, you know, might have been different than, you know, the way that you see things uh, as it pertains to worship, uh, maybe the perspectives that you had. Uh, and again, that's okay. You know, I think that's one of the great things, the most beautiful things about the church is there's variety. And uh, you can have variety without division. And so as we approach different subjects, as we approach different topics, as we, as we, as we talk about them, whether it's me teaching or whether it's uh, me having a conversation with one, uh, you know, with, with another person, I think it's important to be open uh, to these different viewpoints and and to really to listen and so that we can learn from one another. One of the great ways that we can love our neighbor as we love ourselves is to listen, is to think, and is to learn. And so even at the end of the day, if you don't see, you know, things the same way that I see them, or if I don't see things the same way that you see them, um, there's still an opportunity uh, to covenant together and move forward ultimately towards the, 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 our, our primary objective, and that is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So, uh, so I'm thankful for this space that we get to do that together. And again, I pray that you enjoyed uh, that particular conversation that gave you an opportunity to do that here today. So just want to pray as we close out uh, this episode. Thank God uh, once again for bringing us all together. Lord, you are our all in all. Uh, we're so thankful. Apart from you, we are nothing. Uh, apart from you, we can do nothing. And, and we certainly want to give you that first place as, as, you, as you taught us in your word to do. Seek you first, your kingdom, your righteousness, and you'll add all these other things unto us. I pray, God, that you would be and you would have that, that, that priority, that, 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 that premium place within all of our hearts and all of our lives. So thank you for Justin for joining us on today's episode. Thank you for all of our listeners as they faithfully tune in to each and every episode. Bless them, strengthen them uh, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. This is our last of 2021. The next time we come together uh, will be 2022. So we're gonna look expectantly towards the coming of the new year and again, uh, some more conversations are, are going to be uh, produced in this particular year, as well as the great content that we are releasing in all of our teaching series as well. So until next time, be supremely blessed. You are highly favored. You are chosen. You are loved. You are adored. Uh, and you have the help of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. So don't despise the fact that you have favor with God. He loves you, and you love him back with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I will see you again real soon.